welcome you to our virtual service uh, this morning. This morning we are in John chapter 12, and we're going to look at verses 27 through 33. Last week I uh, kind of gave you, a, I set up the passage and set up the, uh, the sermon and then read. I want to read the passage for you this morning right away, and then we'll get into it. So John chapter 12, verses 27 through 33. It says, Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice from heaven, then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd that stood there and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said, An angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, This voice has come for your sake, not mine. Now is the judgment of this world, and now will the ruler of this world be cast out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show by what kind of death he was going to die. That is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And uh, there's, uh, this passage is, is a great passage. It's a tremendous passage. It has a lot of, uh, a lot of meaning to it and a lot, of, a lot of power to it. And there's a lot of different ways that you can approach this. And what I mean by that is, there's different applications that you can draw out of it, and also there are different things that you can focus on that can truly last uh, an hour or so um, time worth uh, you know, Bible study or also a sermon. But what I want to focus out of today's sermon is God's purpose and how God's purpose will stand above anything and everything. And that includes our own purpose, and that includes the purpose of the enemy. And so those are the things that I really want to pull out of this passage for you today. I think those will be helpful for us as we deal with what we deal with on a daily basis. Now, where I want to start is I, I want to start by acknowledging how humbling it is to know the power of God and to see the power of God and how the power of God has played out in our daily lives. It's extremely humbling to see that, especially whenever he shows you his power in, in his mighty works. And, and how he governs our life. The fact is, is that we make plans, but it's the Lord who directs our steps. Proverbs 69 tells us that. And that is something I think we can all agree with. There are different things that we plan. There are different things that we have as goals. But in the end, it's the Lord who is directing our steps to everything. And to give you a, a, a biblical, or not a biblical example, but a living example of that is what we're dealing with with this COVID-19 stuff. You know, two months ago, if someone would have approached me and said, you know, for the next month, month and a half, your church is not going to meet because of a virus, I would have I would have laughed and I would have thought whoever it was telling me that was crazy because, you know, before this, we only missed one Sunday since I've been senior pastor here since 2008. And to miss about a month or a month and a half, it sounds crazy, but, you know, Again, there are things, there are so many things that are, that are out of our control and only the things that God controls. But to everything that happens, we must acknowledge that God has a purpose for it. It doesn't just happen. He is orchestrating it to happen and he is controlling the narrative and he is the one who is in charge. And there is good that comes out of it. There is so much good that comes out of it that we have to recognize and we have to remember uh, because if we don't, then we forget about we forget about God's purpose and we forget about how he loves us and how he watches over us through his providence. So all that is important and that's why I want to talk to you about it uh, today. We know that 
Um, we, we don't know what tomorrow holds. That's true for all of us. If anybody knew what tomorrow held, then they would be either a rich or powerful man. But we don't know. But we know who holds tomorrow. We know that the Lord holds tomorrow and tomorrow is in his hands. And we also know that our lives are in his hands. And Romans 8.28 tells us that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, uh, who have been called according to, and then here's the word again, his purpose. Right? So we see how God's working uh, to fulfill his purpose. And while he's doing that, um, good, God's good for us is also being uh, revealed, and it, it is also um, being worked out in our lives. See, God's purpose is to bring about good in our lives um, through his providence. And when I, mean, when I say his providence, it's, it's how he governs his creation. God didn't just create the world and the universe and everything in it and then just kind of put his hands off, taking his hands off of it. Uh, he's actually involved in everything. He's imminent with his creation. So he's involved with everything and he is over everything. And uh, it's just a beautiful thing to know about God. So there's so much hope and encouragement in that. And I hope that you see that. And that's what I want to remind you about today. So my goal in today's sermon is to remind you that God's purpose will prevail. No matter what we see, no matter how, how dark our days get, uh, no, matter, no matter how, um, how empty we feel or how disconnected we feel, uh, God's purpose will prevail and everything has meaning. Now, where I want to steer you is I want you to learn to trust him in everything. And that's what this sermon is going to be about. It's, it's about pointing you to uh, his, his power, his glory, his might, and for you to trust in him in the good and also in the bad, on the mountaintops and also in the valley. So I pray that this is a blessing to you. And I, when, I, when I break down this passage, there are three different things that I want to focus on. I want to focus on how God's purpose prevails over our own lives. And then I also want to show you how God's purpose prevails over the enemies or the devil. And then also I want to show you how God's purpose prevails over everything. These three things are pointed out in this passage, and that's what I want to focus on this morning. So let's start off with verse, looking at verse 27. And uh, this is where we see how God's purpose prevails over our lives. And, of course, Christ is our ultimate example in that. Uh, we see Jesus praying, and he reveals that he is troubled. Uh, he is troubled by what is ahead. And we can look at, pa at the passage and we can ask ourselves, well, what is ahead? Well, first of all, he's troubled. And when the Bible says he's troubled, it means he has inner turmoil. Uh, he is distressed. And he is distressed and he is dealing with in inner turmoil because he is about to face the wrath of God. And he's about to do that on the cross. But there is so much of what happened to Christ that we couldn't see or that we didn't see or really wasn't recorded for us in scripture all everything that he suffered yes he suffered the nails he suffered the cross he suffered uh the whippings he suffered the lashes he suffered all those things but there is something that is unseen that he is suffering and what is unseen is enormous it is just the pure uh, wrath of god being laid on him for the sins of his people and that's what's causing the inner turmoil now you and i we can't wrap our heads around that we can't wrap our heads around what, it, what it's like to face the wrath of God. But unfortunately, 
Some will see it. You see, some will see it because if you do not have Christ and, and you do not have uh, Christ as your Lord and Savior, then, then there is, your penalty has not been paid. Your sin is still there. Your sin needs to be dealt with, and you have to answer to God for that. And what you're going to have to go through is you're going to have to go through his judgment. He's going to find you guilty, and you're going to have to suffer his wrath. And for us to try to wrap our minds around that is just, it's just too big for us. The Bible says that he is a consuming fire. And it is a terrible thing to, uh, to face the wrath of God. But this is what Jesus did for us on the cross. He took our place and he faced the wrath of God. And that's why there's this extreme distress. And Jesus prays, he says, Father, Save me from this hour. Save me from this hour. Now, when we look at the other gospel accounts, this is the same as Jesus saying, Father, take this cup from me. Uh, Then he also follows that with, uh, but it is for this purpose I have come to this hour. Now, this is also the same as, not my will be done, but your will be done. Now, uh, these are. this is his prayer in the garden. This is his prayer as he prepares to go to the cross. And what's awesome about this passage is we are seeing something that is very fascinating and very humbling. It's fascinating because this was uh, prophesied about at the very beginning of time in Genesis chapter 3. And it's humbling because Jesus is actually going through this for us. So this scene, again, is is being worked out. Or rather, this scene is the working out of God's purpose from the beginning of time. Um, if we look at Genesis chapter 3, and we see how when God was speaking to the devil, he promised redemption. He promised redemption of the human race through, uh, from sin through Christ. That's what he promised, and we see that in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. Uh, let me read that to you. This is what he says. This is a prophecy that, 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 that is spoken in, John, in Genesis chapter 3. And it's also the first uh, proclamation of the gospel. He says, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Now, that's a wonderful um, passage for us at, that at, right after man sinned, there, is, there was still hope. God was given us grace, and that was the proclamation of Christ who would come and pay the penalty of uh, the sin of God's people. Now, this is actually being worked out here in our passage. What God promised in Genesis chapter 3 is being worked out by the Son here in John chapter 12. That's what's fascinating about it, and it's extremely humbling as well. And we know that... um, the whole purpose of Jesus coming to earth was to die for the sins of his people, of those who were his, and to save them from the wrath of God. Now, this wasn't something that was happening on accident, and uh, this was not something that was just left up to chance. Uh, scripture tells us, the Bible tells us that in Isaiah 53.10, that it was God's will to crush him. This is uh, speaking about Christ. It was God's will to crush him and to cause him to suffer. And also, in 2 Corinthians 5.21, we are told that God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, 
so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So all this was already a work in progress. This was something that God had put in play from the very beginning of creation. This was his purpose. This was his purpose. And now it was being fulfilled. After all that time, it was being fulfilled. See, nothing was going to stop Christ from going to the cross. Nothing was going to stop that from happening because it was already determined before the foundation of the earth were formed. The foundations of the earth were formed. When we look at that, again, as I said, it's extremely fascinating and humbling because we have to think about that as we have to think about that in a way that that makes us realize that God's purpose plays out the same way over our lives. Like we're not excluded from that. We're not excluded from his purpose. We're not excluded from his sovereignty and, and his ways and how he directs our steps. That we're, we're not excluded from that. We're included in that. And we have to acknowledge that his purpose plays out the same. He is in control of our lives just as he's been in control of everything from the beginning of time. And I want you to notice something here that's really important is that Jesus, Jesus realizing that the Father's purpose would, be, uh, would, would prevail and that w- it would be accomplished, he praised the Father. He praised him that his purpose would prevail over his life. Now, I think that's extremely humbling because when we think about God's purpose and his, the outworking of his will in our lives, do we praise him? I don't think so. I think we spend a lot of time complaining about it. I think we spend a lot of time complaining about it and also just worried about everything, not trusting God. But God has not changed. He is the same God in Genesis and also here in John. And he is the same God today. He is all-powerful. He is all-knowing. He is everywhere. And his sovereign will will stand. His purpose will prevail. Now, we, we just need to learn how to trust him. And that's what he is sanctifying us in. That's what he's teaching us through everything that we go through. It's a wonderful and beautiful thing. But there are so many things about our lives that we don't understand. I mean, including this virus that we're dealing with. Like, who understands that? Who understands, you know, how life has changed so rapidly? How things have, have, have changed so quickly? Uh, things at work. I mean, we have so many people working from home. We have so many people who are laid off, who do not have jobs. Uh, things with school. We have so many children who who have been disconnected from their school and and they're not going to continue this year. Uh, We have people who are dealing with health issues. Um, They never thought that they would get a virus like this and all of a sudden it's here. Now we have all these unknowns and we have all these things that are happening and it's easy to be fearful. It's easy to be frustrated. It's easy to be uh, just down and out. But we have to remember that in everything, God has a purpose and his purpose will stand. And in that, there's a lot of hope and there's a lot of encouragement that we can have because we are his. 
So it's evident in verse 27 that, that God's purpose prevails over our lives. But not only our lives, but also over the, the, the realm of evil. It, it, it prevails over uh, the devil himself. And we see that in verse 31. Now, if you don't mind, I want to jump to verse 31. And then I'm going to come back to verse 28 uh, to, uh, to talk to you about my last point. But for the second point, I want to jump to verse 31. Now, looking at this situation from the outside in, it would seem that everything is lost, right? Because if, if, we, were, if we were there in the moment, uh, we would, if we were one of his disciples, we would probably think that, oh, no, everything's falling apart. This whole plan for Jesus to take over, to become king of Israel, it's all falling apart. And, and to see your, your, your teacher, um, the, your mentor, to see him suffering the way he's suffering and to see that inner turmoil in him, it must have has shaken. It must have has shaken everyone up. And if we were there, it would have done the same thing to us. And we would have thought maybe the devil was winning. But Jesus, Jesus is about to put to death. He's about to be put to death on a cross. And again, for the disciples and for us, it must have seemed like all hope was lost. See, when bad things happen, I think we are quick to do stuff like that too. Our our train of thought goes there when bad things happen in our lives it's like everything's over uh there's a form of panic there is uh, nowhere to go there's nothing we can do you know for some of us and we must learn we must learn that we cannot in those moments that we cannot uh think that the devil is winning and we cannot glorify satan over our lives satan is not equal to god he does not have the attributes of God. He is not all-powerful. He is, he is not the same as God. He is not all-knowing. He is not everywhere. Uh, Satan, Satan is beneath God, and God's purpose prevails even over him. So God has the devil unchecked. in check. He always has, and he always will. Now, I want to reread verses 28 through 32, and I want to talk to you about those because that point is extremely evident here in those verses that God has the devil in check. Uh, verses 28 through uh, 32. And it says here, Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd that stood there and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said an angel has spoken to him. Now, this is the important part here. Jesus answered, this voice has come for your sake, not mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. Now, I want to stop there. Um, and I, I, I want to recognize what's going on here. I want to recognize what Jesus is saying about the devil and about God's purpose. He is saying that Satan is going to be cast out. And he is being cast out because of the work that is being done on the cross. And we see that in verse 32, where Jesus says, And I, when I am lifted up from earth, will draw all people to myself. So there's two things going on here. There's Satan being cast out, and then there's Christ being lifted up. We see both of those things going on here, and we, we're seeing the purpose of God prevailing over the enemy. Yeah, the enemy... Uh, he 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 did he made chaos right in the garden. He did that, 
But he never won. He never won, and he did not take God by surprise. No matter what was done in the garden, God already had his purpose for it happening, and he also had an answer. He had a plan. He had his will, his divine, sovereign will, where as soon as the sin happened, he proclaimed that Christ would come and save his people. And, who would, and he would win over the enemy. So it's a beautiful, wonderful thing. With Jesus' death, the ruler of this world, Satan, will be cast out. And the curse that the devil uh, helped bring in on Genesis would be reversed by Jesus. Again, God wasn't losing. God's never lost. And the devil and God are not on the same level. They're not on the same footing. His purpose prevailed even over the destruction, the destructive work that Satan caused in the garden. Now, if God can do that, I'm here to tell you that he can do anything. And I can testify to you that if God can change a lowly sinner and make him a loving saint, he can do anything. He can destroy the power of evil. He can destroy... Um, the stain of sin, he can do anything and everything that he wills. So what Satan, what Satan means for evil, we know and we understand that the Lord uses for good. And he has shown this to us time and time again. He shows us in his word and he also shows us in our lives. Now, here we come to the last point, And this is where we come to acknowledge that God's purpose prevails over all things, completely everything. And verse 28 is key to understanding that. In verse 28, uh, Jesus says, Father, glorify your name. And then we see this awesome picture of, of this audible voice coming from heaven. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. And it's so wonderful to see that in Scripture so what's happening here? Well, Jesus is going to the cross, and Jesus, this is where he's praising the Father. Uh, and, and Jesus knows that the Father's will will be done. His purpose will prevail. And in that, he says, Father, I understand that my, my life here on earth has a purpose, and this is going to happen, and glorify your name with it. Now, this is exactly what I'm talking about in our own lives. Are we, are we praising God for his purpose prevailing over our lives? And are we glorifying God through the, even the ugly things that happen and saying, God, just take this bad situation, this bad moment, and glorify your name with it? And that is a wonderful testimony for us. And, of course, Jesus is the one who sets that example to, uh, for us. But here uh, we see that, again, Jesus is going to the cross and the purpose of casting out the enemy was so that the Father's name would be glorified. That's the purpose of everything in life. There are a lot of people who walk around wondering what the purpose of life is. Well, the purpose of life is to, serve, to know the Lord and to serve the Lord uh, so that his name would be glorified. So that includes the purpose of your life. The purpose of your life and everything that happens here in this earth is the same. Now, that's if you believe in God or not. The purpose of your life is to glorify 
the Lord. So what I want to tell you this morning in light of that is that you're not an accident. You're not an accident and things in your life have, haven't happened by chance. There was a period of time in my own life where I, I thought that I was an accident and that I was just destined for misery. But the Lord, the Lord saved me. He set me aside for his work and I found purpose. I found purpose in the Lord. And believe me, I looked in so many different places to find purpose and I never found it except for when I came to the Lord. Now, I want to share that with you because I, I, I want to present that to you as well. Find your purpose in the Lord. That's where it's at. That's where it's at. That, that emptiness you feel, that hatred of self that you feel, all that is because you are missing the Lord. Um, come to the Lord and he will help you with that. Now, uh, something else that we have to understand is that the Lord's purpose prevails through every types, any and every type of situation. Through, I always tell my church that the, that, that the Lord's purpose prevails over the good, the bad, and ugliness of life. Now, it doesn't matter what's happening. His purpose is prevailing, and there's a reason for everything, even in the ugly things of life. Sometimes we have to be humbled. Sometimes we have to be disciplined. Sometimes we just have to know that we are not capable of doing things ourselves. We have to look up, and we have to just submit to the Lord. We have to humble ourselves in order for the Lord to lift us up. See, all these things that are horrible and bad, they have a purpose. And there is a reason to praise God through anything and everything when you belong to Christ. So, consider this. Ecclesiastes 7.14 says, In the day of prosperity, be joyful. And in the day of adversity, consider that God has made the one as well as the other. It's a beautiful reminder that everything has a purpose. And God, God's purpose will prevail over everything. So my advice to you in closing is this. Find contentment in the purpose of the Lord. Wherever he has you, whatever you're suffering from, if things are going great or if they're not, your purpose is in him. And your purpose is to glorify his name with whatever you are dealing with. 1 Timothy 6, 6 says this, but godliness with contentment is great gain. I've always liked that passage and it's a, something I have to remind myself about on a daily basis because my heart wanders, looks for an idol. It looks for something else to trust in, but I have to know that there, I can only trust in the Lord and that real purpose is only found in him. So, have hope and trust in the greater purpose of God. And as I said before, it's extremely important that you humble yourself before him, acknowledge him that he is your Lord, he is your Savior, he is your God. Acknowledge that he is the one who directs your steps. And just embrace the purpose he has for your life. And do all things do all things out of reverence for Christ. Thank you so much, and I hope you enjoyed this sermon, and I just pray that it is a blessing to you. May God bless you. Bye-bye.